Welcome to the Maria Liberati Show, where food meets art, travel, and life. This is Maria Liberati. And in this segment, well, we're celebrating International Women's Month. Today is actually International Women's Day, the day that I'm recording this episode. And it's also this month we are celebrating International Puppy Day. And in our segment today, we're having a special guest to celebrate International Puppy Day and also for International Women's Month, author and fellow dog lover, Jean Alfieri, who is the author of one of my favorite books, Zuggy the Pug, and so many other books. And she's going to help us learn how to record memories, special memories of, you know, all the special things that your fur baby does. She has some special books out that help you do that. And she's going to tell us about that and so many other things. And I will be sharing a recipe for a traditional cake that is traditional in Italy. Well, you know, mimosa is the official flower for International Women's Day. And there is a torta mimosa, an Italian cake, so good, that's traditionally made on International Women's Day. But you know what? You can really make any day special with this special cake. So I'm going to share that recipe as well. Stay tuned. So as I mentioned, my favorite way to celebrate International Women's Day and International Women's Month, is with the, which is the month of March, is with this traditional mimosa cake. The mimosa is the traditional flower associated with International Women's Day because the yellow of the mimosa symbolizes vitality, warmth, joy, and wisdom. Here are some quotes to inspire you from women. This one is from Mother Teresa, who was a philanthropist and a charity worker. Not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. How about this one from Arianna Huffington, who's the editor-in-chief of Huffington Post? Understanding that failure is not the opposite of success, it's part of success. And this one from Ayn Rand, who's a novelist and philosopher. The question isn't who is going to let me, it's who is going to stop me. And please share any of your inspiring quotes with us here in my comments on my blog at marialiberati.com on your social media and hashtag at the Maria Liberati show for International Women's Month. And you could win a copy of one of the books for my book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking. That series includes the Gourmand World award-winning book, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, Holidays and Special Occasions. You know, that book, I get requests for, for that from all over the world. And we are starting to get that translated into Italian. And we're going to be translating that into some other languages as well. But for now, it's sold in English all over the world. And it's such a special book. It has special memories, special stories, and most importantly, recipes and menus from holidays that start with Christmas Eve and the Feast of the Seven Fishes and Christmas Day, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, uh, La Bafana, which is also known as the Epiphany, Valentine's Day, and Carnival, which is like Mardi Gras here in the United States. You know, those recipes are for those holidays, but you can use those recipes to make any day a holiday or a special day. The other books in the Basic Art of Italian Cooking series are The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, which is a coffee table book, and that was 
the first book that started off the series. Lots of stories about some little out-of-the-way places in Italy. You know, it's a memoir book, but it includes recipes. So it's my memoirs. These little towns in Italy and recipes and menus that go along with that are from those special places. And then the basic art of Italian cooking, Da Vinci style, which, you know, Da Vinci was actually a foodie among all his many talents. And that book has 10 chapters. Each chapter is about a city that Da Vinci lived in, the work of art he created there, and the recipes that are traditional for that particular city. There's also the basic art of series, which we now have, which is the basic art of pizza, the basic art of pasta, the basic art of creating a Tuscan wedding, the basic art of experiencing Venice, and the basic art of cocktails. And we do have some other really interesting books that will be coming out this week. So stay tuned. The Basic Art of Italian Cooking Diaries, which is actually for my diaries while I was living in Italy. And uh, that book will be released at the end of this year. So stay tuned. You can find those books on my website at marialiberati.com or anywhere that you can find books online. Now onto the recipe, as I was saying, the smell and taste of the Italian cream from this recipe really brought me back to the days of making this Italian cream with my grandmother, mom, and cousins. You know, in the kitchen, we'd all be together making this Italian cream. I would always volunteer to lick the cream off the long strips of lemon peel as they were removed from the cream. Here's the recipe, and the lemon peel is what gives the, the Italian cream its special flavor. It's a delicate flavor. So you're going to make a sponge cake for this. It's mainly a sponge cake and an Italian cream. This recipe will be on my blog also. And as well as I did want to tell you to share, if you do make this cake, share photos of your tour to Mimosa. Hashtag it, the Maria Liberati Show. Share it on my blog and or social media, and you may get selected for a an autographed copy of one of my books from the book series. And we'll also be sharing pictures on my blog and website of your creations. So for the sponge cake, you need five eggs, three quarters cup of sugar, three tablespoons of potato starch, and let's see, um, you need 16 ounces. So you do have to use for this recipe a 16 ounce can of pineapples in syrup, three egg yolks, a cup of milk, four tablespoons of sugar, three tablespoons of flour, peel of one fresh lemon, one vanilla bean, one cup of fresh whipping cream, a tablespoon of powdered sugar. For the sponge cake, you're going to sift the flour and potato starch together twice. Set that aside, then beat the eggs and sugar together in one bowl. You must beat the egg mixture for at least 15 minutes. Then you're going to fold the flour into the egg mixture mixture a little at a time. Place this into an 8-inch cake pan that has been covered with parchment paper. Now, I use parchment paper instead of greasing or flouring a pan. It just makes things so much easier because you can just pull the cake out by the parchment paper once it's ready to come out of the pan. You're going to bake this cake for 25 minutes at 375 degrees. For the Italian cream, 
you're going to place the milk in a saucepan with lemon peel and the vanilla bean. Now, if you don't have a vanilla bean, a teaspoon of a good quality pure vanilla extract will do, but the vanilla bean just really gives it a kick. So you're going to bring this mixture to a boil. And also when I say to add lemon peel, you need to peel the lemon. Don't get any of the white part. Peel the lemon in long strips so that you're able to peel, you're able to pull those lemon strips out. Don't want to, those lemon peel strips are only there to give the cream flavor. You're going to be taking the lemon peel out. Let's see. So I had said you're going to bring this all to a boil, but you're going to have to stir it and stir it, making sure it does not burn. Remove it from the heat once it's boiled and going to add the egg yolks and that's going to give it its custardy texture. So once the milk is boiling, that's when you're removing it from the heat so it doesn't burn. You're going to set that aside. In another bowl, you're going to whip the egg yolks with sugar, add in the flour that has been sifted, place in milk that has been boiled, then place this mixture back over heat to boil and thicken, stirring constantly. Once it's thick, like a pudding, custardy pudding removed from heat, remove those long lemon peel strips and the vanilla bean, and you're going to refrigerate this custard. This is an Italian cream. Then you're going to uh, whip the whipping cream with powdered sugar. And once the cream has cooled, you're going to fold that into the whipping cream and then you're going to refrigerate that. So when the cake has cooled, you're going to cut the cake into three layers. Cut the top layer into small cubes. That The small cubes are going to be used for decoration. Put the second layer in a cake plate and you're going to wet it with a pineapple syrup. Then spread that cooled custardy cream on the top of that layer. Make sure it's cooled. And the pineapple, the canned pineapple, should be cut into cubes. So you're going to top that layer, the cream, with small cubes of pineapple. Then you're going to top that with the third cake layer. Cover that third cake layer again with some pineapple juice. Spritz it with pineapple juice. Put the remaining cream on the top. And this layer you're decorating with the, the first layer that was cut into small cake cubes of sponge cake. And it, it's cut like that and decorated like that to replicate the look of a, of a mimosa flower. So you're decorating the top with a small cubes of the sponge cake. And you might want to put a mimosa somewhere near the cake and serve for happy Women's Day, happy Women's Month. And again, don't forget, if you do the uh, recipe, the torta mimosa, take a picture, share the picture, hashtag it, the Maria Liberati show, happy Women's Day, torta mimosa. And your picture may be selected to be shared on my website or blog, or you may win a copy, you may be selected to win a copy of one of the books from the Basic Art of Italian Cooking series that are available at marialiberati.com. Hi, and I am here with Jean Alfieri, and she's an author and a fellow dog lover, and she has such fun books. So I have her here today because, you know, 
not only because her books are so special, but this month there is, we're celebrating International Puppy Day. And uh, it's also International Women's Month. Jean is going to tell us about her book series, just all about, well, she's doing so many things. She's a professional speaker also. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Maria. I love your show. Thanks for, for having me. Thank you. And I, I'm a fan of your of your book series, especially. I love Zadie the Bug. <laughs> Thank oh. you. <laughs> and um, Jean, tell us, how did you become such a big uh, a big fan of dogs? Well, I grew up with dogs, but oddly enough, they weren't my dogs. Uh, we lived in a very rural area. It was mostly horse farms. But all of those farms had dogs and somehow they found their way to our house. And I'm sure I began begging and pleading for a dog probably as soon as I could start talking, but my parents were very resistant. Um, And yet by the time I was five or six, I was able to convince my mom that when she went grocery shopping, she should bring home dog biscuits, even though we didn't have a dog because all the neighbor dogs visited. And of course that just created more neighbor dogs finding their way to our house. And finally, when I was seven, I got my first dog. He was a red Doberman. He grew to 110 pounds. He was a monster of a dog and just incredibly lovable and protective. And I've been a dog fan ever since. Wow. That's a, a definitely a special, um, a special memory. So do yes. people really know what, what um, our pets are thinking? Do we really know that? I, I think so. And and I can only offer you that I know what my pets are thinking. And you can tell me, uh, Maria, because you have a beautiful little Karen Terrier that I, you know, we occasionally get glimpses of. And I'm sure you know exactly, at least around here at dinner time, I am constantly hearing that they're starving to death. And if I don't feed them fast enough, they're going to die. Right. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's always that little bit when they turn their head, when they wag their tail, their body language, and all of them have their own unique personality. So it's kind of fun to put words to what they're thinking, but yes, I think as we grow close to our dogs and build that bond, we have a sense of what they're thinking. I, I was just going to add that in. I think if you have a bond with your with your pet, that's how, yes, you understand them very well. And it, it is, it's very special for, you know, if people don't take the time to do that, I think they're missing such a special part of that relationship. You really have to take the time time to bond and, and understand um, and understand your dog. Definitely. Understand. I agree. And you know, what's interesting to me is I believe they know what we're thinking too. I yeah. think that's how they're so sensitive to when we're sad uh, that often they come up and will try and, and, you know, just interfere, if you will, and be there and distract us. And, and when we come home in the evenings, right, as soon as we enter the house, there's an excitement about us being back. And, and I really think they feel what's, what's happened in our day and, and how we are. Yes. That, and, you know, she amazes me because sometimes you're absolutely right. She knows things that they sense that you just don't think, wouldn't think they would know, but she, you know, they, they know that. So listen, how many, do you just have one dog or do you have more than one? So we have three right now. Uh, my husband prefers two, but we, we've been able to manage space very well for three. We have a six pound toothless chihuahua. He, 
he is 14 and he runs the show in the house as he's the smallest and, and the mightiest. Wow. And then we have a 25 pound, eight year old blind pug. Uh-huh. Her name is Princess Zoe. She oh. is the queen of the house. Um, just ask her, she'll tell you. And then we most recently uh, adopted um, a seven year old Airedale Terrier. And she is a former show dog. She is absolutely beautiful. Her name is Silly Sally Sue. Um, we are very big proponents of adopting senior dogs. We love we love the older the older mutts in the house. Oh well, that's that's really really nice. And so, do all of them get along? They all do get along. They um, enjoy sometimes having their own space, but they know how to claim it. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I, they do. And we're very we're very fortunate that way. It's not easy to find three all the time that will that will work together. But we've been very fortunate. Yes, yes, I, I love it when when the dogs all get together. But I find that too. Like she loves she loves having her friends over because I do play dates. But all of a sudden, she just you know all of a sudden they they want their their own space every so often you know so yep I and Karen, I, and Karen Terriers are very personable dogs right but they're also rather guardish I mean they yes. they are yeah they like to protect yes that's absolutely right I didn't realize that but you, what you're telling me is absolutely right that's absolutely how she is definitely very personable she has I mean everybody in our neighborhood knows her and I get texts from <laughs> asking me like where I haven't seen Sweeney there this week you know can we see her so I actually when we walk I actually have to stop by there's a few neighbors that just love seeing her so she's like the personal gadabout but you're absolutely right she, Isn't uh, that funny? I, I noticed that too in our neighborhood. It's great. Uh-huh. The kids, the kids identify our pug as being Zuggy as the main character of my book. Uh-huh. And so it's just adorable to me when they come over for Halloween, of course, not yes. this past year, but in years prior, when we open the door, oh, it's Zuggy. I'm like, they don't even know who we are. They know who our dog is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The kids in the neighborhood, exactly. And it's funny, when you're going to school, if they see us, they'll roll the window down and they call her name out. They don't know me, but they know, sweetie, you're absolutely right. And that's the same thing for Halloween, yes. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Um, so how about the, the pandemic? How has the pandemic influenced people's bond with their dog? I believe they've really impacted them and making them grow stronger because we've spent so much more time with our dogs than we would have previously. I don't know if you saw, saw the statistic out a couple of weeks ago from the American Pet Products Association. Uh-huh. Their statistic is that 12.6 million American households became pet owners between March and December of 2020. Um, that's just amazing. So uh, I believe we've become closer. And and what I'm concerned about now is that we need to pay attention to signs of separation anxiety as we shift back to being away from home, uh, because it just is only natural now that they like us being around. And and I think there was some anxiety when we were always underfoot and now we're going to be gone. Um, So the things that I've found uh, in doing some research that makes sense to me is go out for shorter periods of time at first, Uh let them get acclimated to you being gone. Uh Um, Don't make a big fuss out of coming and going. So, you know, you get your dog all excited. Hey, I'm going, take care, be good. And they are all wired up when you're leaving, just exit the house and same as entering, you know, don't make it a big deal. So they don't get all, um, all spooled up that you're coming or going. Uh And, you know, there are calming supplements out there too, that we've used on, on previous pets that we've had 
and, and be aware of how long they last. So calming products are good, but they're only good as long as they last and each dog is different. So you may want to inquire with your vet and, and explore what works for your dog. And most of all, just be patient with them. Yes, that's, that's really important. Definitely. I know um, they get, they get so used to you being at home and then um, absolutely right with that anxiety with, you know, if people aren't around as much as they're used to, um, people don't realize, I think that, you know, dogs are, I, I always say dogs are people too, meaning yes. they, they have their own, you know, personalities and all too. So, but yes, right. that's really important. Thanks for, definitely. Thanks for bringing that out. And you're absolutely right. I have heard that more and more people are adopting and have adopted. So, you know, I guess that's definitely a, a good thing. Um, but, you know, I know your books um, are all about special memories of, of your dog. So what can you tell us, like what magical things happen when we write down our memories? Oh yeah. So they really, writing down how we feel really provides a sense of, um, accomplishment and allows us to organize our thoughts. It helps to put things in perspective. It helps us vent emotions, good and bad. And it's been recommended for decades as a therapeutic way to address sadness or depression. So I have um, a set of journals. Last year, I, I created Blessed to Be Me. And it's about capturing all the kick-ass stories of your life. Um, and from that, in talking to people, they always inquired about, well, is there space for the dog? And there is for any dog that you were growing up with, but not a dedicated place for perhaps multiple dogs in your life or that special fur hero in your life. And so this year I created Blessed to Be Your Dog, which is a journal that has um, inspirational quotes and places, story starters or prompts and places to draw and doodle. And really it's, it's a couple of things. It's to capture those memories because it's just fun to look back on them. But also if you choose, it can be a treasured legacy. It can be a keepsake for loved ones or, you know, somebody else who might want to look back at those, those special times. So I have to say living through a pandemic is an incredible thing to be able to document because no one else will know what it was like to live through this before there was a vaccine. I mean, we're already moving toward the other side of that. So this past year has just been um, incredible in many ways, um, bad and good. And it's just, it would be an amazing time for people to, to capture what's what's happened in their lives through either of these journals. Um, and they're actually both available via Kindle. If you have your own special book that you'd rather write in and just pull the prompts from, you can do that too. That's great. And that's great. Yes. It's, you know, I, I always say, try to find a way to make, how do they say, lemonade out of lemon. So this is a yes. time that you know, use it to do just like you said, and it's, it's a unique time. No one's really gone through this time. And it's, it's something that, uh, you know, if you record your memories about, I'm sure there are special, special things too, as you were talking about, I think people are, have actually had a chance it to bond with their dog because you're closer to them. You're at home. So there's right. going to be lots of special memories that, that, you definitely want to record. Absolutely. And, uh, write about definitely. Well, Jean, I know you mentioned, um, which I think is such a nice thing um, that when you've lost your beloved fur, fur family member um, to cope, your family has a lovely tradition of telling their favorite stories about 
that dog at the dinner table, which it's always nice to hear that you share at the dinner table. And um, I wanted to ask, how can, how can pets continue to brighten our lives even after they're gone? Yes, we share memories for years. You know, there's those, those stories that stand out that we find decades later, we're even telling. Um, Rumble, who was the first dog I had, who I mentioned, he was a red Doberman, 110 pounds. He passed away in 1988, and we're still telling stories about him. Um, One of my favorites was on Thanksgiving every year, my mom would not only create a beautiful turkey dinner, but she would cook the gizzards on the stove for the dog. And she would make a soup. There was vegetables and the gizzards and all that. And he knew it was for him. You know, I don't know how they know, but whenever we're making something that's particular to them, they already sense that that's their treat. And so he was about five at the time and he knew, right? He'd had five years of Thanksgivings behind him that this particular pot on the stove was for him. Well, it cooked all day, simmered all day. And I was at the counter getting um, other side dishes ready. And my mom fed the dog, fed Rumble, and he pounded the food into the bottom of his bowl. He stared at it. He sniffed it. He pounded it into the bowl and he looked at my mom. And she's like, what's the matter with him? I'm like, I, I don't know. And so he continued to go through this process and then tried to like tip the dog bowl over. He was having nothing to do with it. And we're watching all these antics going on till finally. And he, again, I say he's a big dog. He could lay his head down on our kitchen table. You know, he that's how tall he was. Yeah. He went over to the stove and flipped the pot top off of the pot that had his gizzards in it because she'd forgotten to put the gizzards in. And as soon as she saw him do that, she's like, Oh my gosh, I forgot the gizzards. And I've never seen her so attentive to somebody serving them a meal. She promptly picked up his bowl, decorated it with all the good stuff from, you know, the turkey gizzards and put it back on the, and of course he just, he totally consumed it. So, you know, we remember every year after that, that he better not forget Rumble's gizzards or he will not be happy with his dinner. But yeah, it's just one of many, you know, they, they touch our lives and with their special personalities so well that, yeah, we have those funny stories of them. It's such a, that's such a special memory. Yes. And it's nice to be able to share that uh, with your family as a special memory of Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jean Alfieri, author and fellow dog lover and speaker, um, thank you so much for for sharing with us and being here today. Jean, um, can you Um, Why don't you tell everybody the titles of your books and where they can find you and uh, and what's up next? Thank you. Yes. So there are two different types. I have children's books with the title Zuggy the Pug. He's a rescue pug. And that's with a Z, like in zebra, Z-U-G-G-Y. Those are available on Amazon. And everything can be located through my website, which is Jean Alfieri, A-L-F like in Frank, I-E-R-I.com, www www.genealfieri.com. And my recent guided journals are Blessed to Be Me and Blessed to Be Your Dog. Those are also available on Amazon and can be found through my website. I'd also like to offer, Maria, that for your listening audience, I'd love to provide a free sample chapter of the new journal, Blessed to Be Your Dog. If they're interested, yeah, they can send me an email and I'll send them out a copy, right, of that sample chapter. Uh It's um, And my email address is Jean, J-E-A-N, at blessed to be me.com. That's B L E S S E D to be me.com. 
So if they're interested in a chapter, yeah, just send me a note. Oh, that's great. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that. Yes, I would definitely recommend uh, my listeners to get a, definitely to, to get that chapter. Definitely. Thanks. Thank you so much. And um, yes, keep us posted on anything coming up. Anything coming up that you can tell us about? Well, I guess that's those are your new books, right? The, the yeah. Books. Yeah. Blessed to be your dog just was released last month on, um, national love your pet day. And so that came out in February and we'll have this summer, some new Zuggy material. We've got spooky ooky stories coming from Zuggy later this summer. Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> great. It's always fun. They, they keep us laughing too. They, yes, they do. You definitely need your dog. That's wonderful. Thanks so much, Jean, and stay in touch. And we'll be looking for those. We'll be looking for those books and for you. Thanks again. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Maria Liberati Show, where food meets art, travel, and life. This is Maria Liberati. Special thanks to my producer for this week's segment, Britton Roselle, and this week's guest, Jean Alfieri, fellow dog lover and book author. And don't forget to share your photos of this week's recipe, the Torta Mimosa. The recipe will be posted on my blog at marialiberati.com share your photo hashtag at the maria liberati show mimosa and your picture may be selected to be shared on my blog or you may be selected for an autographed copy of one of the books from my book series the basic art of italian cooking don't forget also to share with us your answer to the question what does food mean to you you know i've had so many guests share their answer and you can listen to some of the other episodes and hear some of my guests what their answers have been but I'm sure you all have a special memory a special food memory so please share that with us and hashtag it the Maria Liberati show post 50 words or less on social media if you'd like to have an audio soundbite posted a 60 second or less audio soundbite telling us what does food mean to you again hashtag the maria liberati show posted on social media like my show or posted on my blog at marialiberati.com and uh if your quotes are used for an upcoming segment for the Maria Liberati show, you'll get a copy, an autographed copy of one of the books from my book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking. Also, I wanted to remind everyone that we're going to be starting a segment um, to honor a lot of the restaurants. There are so many restaurants out there and uh, some unfortunately are closing, having to close. Some are still surviving and we'd like to honor restaurants by having a special restaurant of the week and can be a restaurant from anywhere around the world. If you have a restaurant or if you have a favorite restaurant, um, you need to just share your restaurant with us on social media, like the Maria Liberati Show, hashtag the Maria Liberati Show on social media, and your restaurant may be selected as our upcoming segments for restaurant 
of the week and we are going to select some of those winners for an interview on the Maria Liberati show maybe you have a special recipe you'd like to tell us or a special history so many restaurants have a lot of history associated with them so maybe you'd like to share that with my listeners so please you know hashtag the Maria Liberati show and your restaurant could maybe selected as restaurant of the week if you have a favorite restaurant you know tell them about this and uh, maybe they'll be selected as restaurant of the week and don't forget you can follow me at let's say on twitter it's maria liberati with a capital m on facebook it's chef maria liberati on linkedin it's m liberati and uh on instagram it's maria liberati and my blog and website marialiberati.com and don't forget to like the show the maria liberati show is heard wherever podcasts are heard so please like us and follow us and don't forget as as mentioned if you have anything you'd like to share you can share with us also on social media hashtag the maria liberati show and my book series the basic art of italian cooking and the basic art of all available at marialiberati.com and anywhere books are sold online. This is Maria Liberati saying peace, love, and pasta. Till next time.